Smith, welcome in each and every one of you into episode 623 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Thank you so much for being here today. It is a pleasure, a treat, an honor to be here talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors and all that implies. Uh, thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mossberg Firearms as well. Um, we've got a great show lined up for you today, but first I had kind of a, a personal highlight of my hunting career happened last weekend, and it wasn't anything that I personally harvested. I took a buddy of 40 years, my friend Dylan and I, uh, our moms met at a church party nursing us. So friends from day one, but uh, he's not a hunter. He's gone dove hunting with me a couple times, has enjoyed it, shot some dove. I think he spent a weekend turkey hunting with me about five or six years ago, Um and has expressed interest in in doing more hunting as he's gotten older. And so we headed out to Erion County to my turkey lease. Spent a day there, nothing doing, old turkey signs, old roost uh, sites, feathers, droppings, but nothing fresh, not one gobble. So uh, we called another uh, college friend, uh, Eric. Uh, actually, he went to Africa with me this summer. And uh, we said, hey, buddy, um, we're headed to your ranch. <laughs> he uh, I think he's owned this property in the Hill Country a couple of years now, and neither one of us, uh, Dylan nor myself, had been there yet. Eric said, okay, uh, we're headed there for Easter anyway. I'll ask the foreman if he's seen any turkeys. So off we go. No turkeys. That's okay, because lots of free-ranging access deer. And um, we, we, we had to work for it. Uh, Dylan ended up crawling on his hands and knees uh, we were using elevation to uh, to keep the uh, herd of axis unaware of our approach and he ended up making a perfect sh- a double lung this this doe at 210 yards with henry's 243 i was so proud of him and uh, yeah i mean he had the adrenaline rush the whole nine yards he was pumped and of course i had to clean it for him but uh that's a that's a step for the next time. And and I didn't mind doing it at all. It was uh, it was fun. It was awesome to share that with uh, two of my best friends and uh, certainly uh for him to not only have success and, and make that perfect shot. And I didn't even know he was shooting. Like uh, I told him which doe to take. He didn't tell me like, "Yeah, I'm on her. I'm going to shoot now." It was just, "Okay. Boom." And then you just hear the wham of the uh the impact and I was like, well, dude, you, you hit something. I don't know. I don't know which one you shot, but you know, he he shot the right one and and she went 20 yards and and uh piled up. So that was pretty cool to share with uh with him and uh and Eric as well. Uh tough to beat time spent in the outdoors with with good friends, lifelong friends. Um anyway, hope you guys made some memories as well. Uh, turkey season uh still rocking and rolling and uh, lots of reports of, of gobbling in different parts of the state didn't work for us but uh, we shifted gears and got one of those big spotted turkeys which tastes even better 
uh, in my opinion. Not that wild turkeys are, are bad. They're not. They're awesome. But uh, axis deer, come on now. That's some of the best meat on the planet. Uh, what are we doing today? Let me tell you. You know what to do. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee, uh, that black rifle coffee, out of uh, granddaddy's beat-up old Stanley Thermos because we are ready to rock and roll the angry bow hunter. We will just call him JB because he wants to keep his uh, anonymity protected. So JB, a.k.a. the angry bow hunter, great account on Instagram, by the way. Uh, he will be here and... I'm going to tell you right now, this will be one of the most brutally honest and I think interesting conversations that we've had in a long time. Because if you're fed up with a, a lot of the, whew, i got to be careful how I word this, but um, let's just call it the new age Western big game hunter. Uh, you know who they are. I know who they are. <laughs> uh, but if that is concerning to you and... Uh, Maybe it should be. Maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe it should be, you know, all-encompassing. The more hunters, the better. I've kind of always been in that camp, but I think uh, the conversation needs to be had. Who are these hunters, and are they really good for the sport? Mm. Interesting deep dive coming up with the angry bow hunter. That's what's on the docket for today. Going to be a good one. Uh, congrats to Skipper Davis of Texarkana, Arkansas. He won the turkey vest giveaway uh, from last week, so congrats, Skipper. Hope you uh, kill a big tom with the vest and, and the calls that I put in there for you, stuff that I've had success with over the years but am no longer using. So hopefully uh, they'll work out for you, and you'll punch uh, a tag on a nice long beard this spring. Today's giveaway, though, what are we doing? Let's do another turkey vest, except for well, let's do a brand spanking new one. This one from H.S. Strutt. Uh, Longtime sponsor of the show, and they sent me two new vests. One for me this year, that's why I gave away the old one last week, and one for you guys. So, uh, and we'll throw in a new uh, HS Strut raspy old hen box call to boot. So, just email the word conservation. That's conservation to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com, and you were entered into today's HS Strut turkey vest and box call giveaway. Let's knock out that break. Coming up next, a tough conversation, but one that I think is certainly worth having. The Angry Bowhunter joins us next on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. When did the land of the free become the home of the afraid? Afraid of the world, afraid of the truth, afraid of each other. This ain't the country my grandfather fought for But I still see the hate he fought against If you're looking to remodel your home, add a deck or arbor to the back patio, redo your fence, or build your dream home from the ground up, look no further than ECR Construction Group. My longtime bow hunting buddy, Josh Brown, is someone you can trust to deliver honest work on time. ECR Construction Group also serves the North Texas area, specializing in roofing, barn dominium builds, painting, and carpentry. So for your next project, call the folks I trust. That's ECR Construction Group at 214-400-1444 or ecrcg.com. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com 
or see Bobcat Machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman, visit BobcatofDallas.com today. Leonard Skinner bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. I can see the concrete slowly creeping. Lord, take me in mind before that comes. Love that lyric there. Uh, All I can do is write about it, the name of the tune, by request uh, from our guest today, JB, a.k.a. the Angry Bowhunter. And he's all set to join us here in just a second. But first, this segment of the presentation brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee Company, America's Coffee Company, veteran-owned and operated in addition to all of the great light, medium, and dark roast that they have available. They've got some great swag. I'm wearing the uh, the new shirt. It's, uh, it's a reporter, and instead of his face, there's a skull there, and it says, trust us. Like, hey. I get it, dude. The media just is here to lie to you. That's all it is. So, uh, yeah, if you're still watching Fox News or CNN and thinking whatever they're spewing is the truth, uh, you've been living under a rock and need to get with the program. But uh, Black Rifle has great swag, uh, caps, T-shirts, all that good stuff to go along with their awesome coffee. And you'll get uh, 20% off when you use that promo code LONESTAR20 at checkout. All right, well, let's bring him on right now. Uh, I've been following his content for a very short amount of time, but it was something that I was like, golly, uh, this dude is putting out some, or or woman, because you don't know who it is, but uh, this person is putting out some stuff that might ruffle people's feathers, but things that I think need to be said within our ranks as a hunting community. And so with that in mind, here to have that difficult conversation. It is my pleasure to welcome the angry bow hunter to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It is my pleasure. Uh, it's so weird because I typically know people a little bit before we have them on. Um, you're kind of anonymous on your page. You are a, uh, a veteran, and so thank you for your service. I certainly appreciate that. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Where are you from originally? Uh, originally from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, come from a family of huge bass fishermen you know hell yeah and then uh, i got into the inshore saltwater stuff and fished redfish tournaments and had a flats boat and all that and um really like if it was good enough weather to hunt it was good enough weather to fish mm-hmm. so it, just in full transparency you know that's kind of how I, I grew up of course we had buddies with hogs and um and all that kind of stuff and we'd go out and do that but um you know for the i never really considered myself much of a hunter as a kid was always fishing fish 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 that's uh-huh. all i really wanted to do you and i are cut from the same cloth my dad is obsessed with uh, bass fishing he just got a new boat actually to this day not a hunter so i didn't grow up hunting i grew up fishing and then got to college and was like my buddies were like bring your bring your lap he's going duck hunting i was like okay well this dog doesn't really like guns or fireworks but okay <laughs> so i bought an 870 and we went duck hunting and the dog very quickly figured out like he hated guns until ducks died he was like oh i get to go get ducks when guns go off and then he was like over it and i was like i was obsessed and now i just kind of like 
do I love fishing still? Uh, absolutely. But I would rather go hunting. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny for me. Like I came out here and the first thing I, so I got out of the Marine Corps and, um, went to Afghanistan as a private contractor and did that for over a year. Then I started working for looking for work back stateside and took a job in, in Wyoming. And the first thing I did was went and bought a fly rod because there's world-class, you know, fly fishing out oh, here. Yeah. And I hooked into a trout and I uh, was out there with a buddy uh, of mine that I had met through a Facebook veterans hunting group or something. And I hook into this trout and I'm like, man, that thing does not fight like a tarpon. You know? <laughs> and then he took me deer hunting and I've been, you know, really hooked on that ever since. So. Right. Right. Uh, God yeah. bless Florida too. And Ron DeSantis is, uh, him and Greg Abbott are, they're also cut from the same cloth. And I, I think, uh, two of the best well governors that we have and and I, I DeSantis isn't afraid to speak his mind I love every time he opens his mouth I'm like I'm yeah sorry it hurts your feelings but the guy's telling the truth you know so yeah deal with like, it. Uh, yeah this whole thing with the um HR bill uh, whatever it is I'm not going to call it the what everybody else wants to call it but the the teach kids that they might be non-binary when they're in kindergarten bill <laughs> right no, I and like my friends down there call him to Santa Claus. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's awesome. He is. He is. I actually uh, chose to spend my 40th birthday in Florida. I went snook fishing, and uh, oh, awesome! Yeah. Where at Palm uh, Palm Springs? Palm Springs? Palm Beach? Uh, pa not Palm Springs. Palm Springs is California. California. It's not. A good I would place never go. So I was in Palm Beach. <laughs> Palm Beach. Yeah. I would yeah. never go to California. I've spent yeah, Palm Springs is, uh, that's like 29 Palms. That's like hell for Marines. You don't want to go there, but Palm yeah. Beach is a great place for snook. Palm Beach. So we flew into Fort Lauderdale, my wife and I, and uh, she was like, what do you want to do for your 40th? You know, wants to throw me a party. I'm like, no, 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 it's COVID. And I don't want, you know, we'll just, we'll just go to Florida and uh, we'll, we'll catch big snook. And of course she caught giant, at, like, what is a big snook? 40 something inch? 40. Yeah. 40 plus. She caught like a 43. And I asked oh, my, awesome. my friend who was a guy, I, him and I had this connection through Costa Sunglasses years ago. He's no longer with them and uh, I no longer have a, a relationship with him, but I've kept up, we've kept up with each other. And I, I called him and said, Hey, my birthday's August 21st. When's a good time to come snook, snook fishing? He goes, Hmm, August is pretty much the best. So if you want to come, I actually have that date open. So we, we flew down there and yeah, she caught a, she, he looked at that fish and, and I was, I said, is this a big one? He goes, they don't really get any bigger. Yeah, so my wife yeah. could give a crap about having it a replica done, but I'm getting one done for her anyway. <laughs> oh, you have to. Yeah, I took my uh, I took my girlfriend back to Jacksonville, um, went red fishing, and uh, cleaned up pretty good. And I'm getting her one uh, made as well. She caught one with probably about a dozen spots on it, which oh, nice. is you know always kind of cool. So, well, we have um, a lot of great red fishing in Texas. Uh, yeah, I've always wanted to do that. We don't have a lot of snook, like. You can catch them South Padre area, but uh, they're few and far between, and we definitely don't get the giants like, like they do in that part of Florida. So yeah, did she catch it off the beach or off the dock? Yeah. We were no, we were on a boat. No, I mean like we're, we all fishing off like jetties, off the jetties. Okay, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah, there's hey, some well, big ones that hang out. Caught twenty snook and and a lot of good. I mean they fight like hell, and I didn't realize that they're much like a bass. They don't have teeth. Oh yeah, you can lip them. Well, you're not supposed to. Not the big ones. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no teeth. Very cool predatory fish. Uh, yeah. Well, so you ended up in Wyoming after your 
military career and started bow hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got an excellent 3d course up on, or not 3d. It's a NFAA field course up mm -hmm. on our local mountain. And so uh, the buddy, the same buddy that I went fly fishing with, he took me up and he had a, a bow and we're roughly the same size. And so he's like, Hey, you want to shoot my bow? And I did that. And, you know, before that, it like, you know, I had a 30 out six, I never done anything with a bow. And from the minute I shot it, I was like, man, this is cool. I went down that day, bought one, went to the local arch archery shop. And since then, I've probably been in that, that shop three, four days a week, every week, you know, since that happened, it's really? just, yeah, I've really enjoyed it and, and like, love picking it up. So what have you hunted with your bow? Done antelope, mule deer, and elk. I brought my bow turkey hunting, but I always revert back to the shotgun. It's just, that's kind of my thing. I love shooting them in the face, uh, but yeah. I'm, I might go against my principles and take one. Our season opens up tomorrow. So I don't know when this will get posted, but today's like the 19th. So our season opens up on the 20th. So I may open, shoot one with the guillotine. Open up in the middle of the week. We don't do that in Texas. It's, it's always on a, on a weekend and it's like whichever weekend falls the closest to, let's just say for like uh whitetail, Whatever weekend, whether it's in September or October, whatever falls the closest to October 1st, that's when it opens. And it's consistent with turkey and, and all of our seasons. Yeah, no, we're consistently backwards. Dove. dove is September 1st, no matter what. No matter September what. September 1st, that's, that's when hunting season gets going. But all the other ones are, yeah, whatever weekend it is. Yeah, we're, we're the opposite out here. So there could be like a six-day mule deer season. And if it falls on like a Tuesday – you're trying to hunt on the weekend you got like one shot you know uh -huh. so it's yeah. just whenever that that season starts is when it starts so i don't like turkey hunting with a bow either because you have to sit in a blind and i want to be like running and gunning yeah yeah it's the way to do it but i was thinking about trying to shoot one with the guillotine just because i haven't done that yet off with her head <laughs> yeah off with that but I, I don't know i'm a i'm a principled man i just like shooting them in the face so <laughs> right right we'll see what happens uh, so have you had success with the bow? You mentioned pronghorn, mule deer, and elk. Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, I think the only thing I've shot with my rifle is a one mule deer doe and a cow elk and the rest of everything. Last year I was tagged out by September 14th. Nice. So shot a mule deer here in Wyoming on opening day, shot a mule deer in Colorado, um, like on that 14th and then in between that shot a bull elk. Um, and then I guess I shouldn't say tagged out. I still had a cow elk tag for late season, but I spent way more time trying to get my girlfriend on something and not really worried about mine. And that gets kind of hectic. All right. Uh, that late season cow stuff. So I never yeah, I've done elk in the late season for me as a Texan. It's uh, I want to hunt them with a bow and I want to do it during the rut. And I've done New Mexico, Colorado, Montana. Uh, I've killed two bulls with my bow and unfortunately I've shot two more and they didn't die. Uh, but um, this year I had five points in Wyoming and me and, my, and a buddy put in I, pretty much you're guaranteed to draw. I think the average was if you, if you had an average of three and a half points on the application, guaranteed success, we each had five. So we uh, will be hunting your state this fall and we didn't draw New Mexico. So um, yeah, it'll be our maiden voyage to Wyoming and uh, I'll expect some uh, GPS coordinates to your honey holes coming up here very soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never tell. 
give some <laughs> give this flatlander some advice uh, yeah. but yeah i've hunted the colorado wyoming border um for elk and did actually the only elk i've ever killed with a rifle uh did like um i forget the name of the ranch three forks maybe but, uh, yep i know where that's at part of that ranch is in colorado parts in wyoming and yeah i was down there on the colorado side uh for mule deer it's kind of right there uh, that that area it's a beautiful spot absolutely well uh, we will uh pick your brain on that off the air <laughs> uh let's do this let's take a quick break i want to come back and figure out uh what, what's behind the angry bow hunter how did that come about that segment brought to you by mossberg firearms and the new 940 pro turkey i got to uh fiddle around with one of these on a recent turkey hunt Man, you talk about a smooth, sweet-shooting turkey scatter gun. Uh, you can find it as well as the entire 940 lineup. That's their new semi-auto loading platform. They're all right there at Mossberg.com. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Tactical Skeleton Firearms specializes in custom AR-10 firearms. They're best known for their AR-10 308 pistols. Also, dual-caliber AR-10 rifle systems and dual-caliber AR-15 takedown pistols. Tactical Skeleton specializes in custom Cerakoting engraving, and they'll custom laser-cut the foam insert inside your hard gun case. They'll also take on any exotic caliber build offered on the AR-10 or AR-15 platform. Precision machining and hand-built quality guaranteed by a lifetime warranty? Who does that? Get free shipping on your order when you visit tacticalskeleton.com today. Cable here for Pulsar. If you're looking for that nighttime optic, whether it's a night vision or, my preference, thermal, mm, man, these things have gotten a lot more affordable over the years. Now, of course, it's still a pretty penny, but the working man can get into a thermal, can certainly get into night vision. It's a game changer, and nobody does it better than Pulsar. So if you're ready to light up the night, head over to Pulsar NV. Dot com to check out their entire lineup of thermal and night vision optics. Well, me, I'm doing fine with my third pound test line. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep the sand out of my beard. Well, the redfish seem happy here like they ain't got a thing to fear. Washing down with that's called beer. They don't seem to mind. Cable Smith, welcoming everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. We're still visiting with our new friend, maybe. Uh, we'll see how the conversation progresses, but the angry bow hunter is here. Uh, before we get back into that discussion, this segment brought to you by Stealth Cam and the Fusion wireless cell camera. You can find it. Hmm. I wonder if the angry bow hunter has a problem with uh, cell cameras, like a lot of the Western guys. We'll see. Might be a deal breaker, uh, but <laughs> no, you can find the fusion at stealthcam.com. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get back into it here and let's start with the name. Talk about the origin of the angry bow hunter. Yeah. So, uh, man, the impetus behind that was I would sit on, uh, sit on the couch at night, you know, especially when there's not a whole lot going on hunting wise. And you're just kind of holding out for like, yeah, maybe I'll do a goose hunt this weekend or something. But 
um, you're just sitting on the couch bored and I'm watching hunting shows and I'm seeing this, this narrative. Right. And, um, and I think that you might've, I was listening because like you alluded to, we don't really know each other all that well. So I listened to a couple of your podcasts, but I think you did the one with Ike Eastman and he was talking about this vanilla culture. Right. Right. And I'm listening to these shows and you can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can see which hunters, which companies fall on this side of the fence and which ones fall on this side of the fence and what narrative they're promoting. And I just thought like, man, a lot of this stuff is, is stupid and it would just make me angry. So I like sit there on the couch and just get mad. And, you know, it's like gotten to the point where my girlfriend will, will be like, okay, we can't even watch him now. Like he's bad too. And I'm like, yeah, they're all bad. They're all, you know, right. they're all horrible, but it would just get me mad. And so I started to think, well, one of the things that I did when I, when I was in the, the Marines, and this is kind of a long winded thing that I'll try and wrap up quick. But one of the things I did in the Marines was when I was overseas, uh, did a lot of uh, what they call information operations or PSYOP, or uh, counter-propaganda, you know, whatever you want to call it. So, like, when the Taliban says they shot down a U.S. aircraft, we've got to, you know, put something out there that disproves that, right? Because we don't want people thinking that the Taliban can shoot down U.S. aircraft. That's just not happening, right? Right. So, I'm thinking there's a couple of accounts on Instagram that counter some of the stuff that's going on that are counterculture or whatever you want to call it, but nobody's really doing it in a way where it's kind of like, the onion or Babylon B or uh, the duffel blog, if you're in the military community, like something humorous that still so, runs counter to what the popular stuff is. Uh -huh. I host a, uh, a non-hunting more political podcast with a, with my elk hunting buddy, a college buddy and this passion project, which makes us no money, uh, unlike a real job, this job. Uh, but we say the things you can't say on a hunting podcast. It's more like social issues. And it's like, like you alluded to, transgendering seven-year-olds or teaching them that that's a normal thing like no that's bs we're not we're, we're not down with that uh yeah but yeah that we talk the bab the babylon b is like oh it's one of the best yeah makes me laugh every day yeah so like <laughs> uh trying to find like hey maybe there's an appetite for something like this and um and it kind of you know i'm still small potatoes man i've got like what 2800 followers or something like that but it's still funny like people still read it and I get more people coming in on the, on the blog site and all that, but it, the angry boner for your listeners that don't know, it's a satirical humorous blog site. I've done some serious stuff talking about mule deer numbers and where have the mule deer gone and that type of thing. But there's a lot of funny stuff in there and, and humorous articles uh, that just kind of runs counter to some of the more popular narratives that I see coming across on social media and just, just to have people, um, you know, give somebody a different perspective. I think, the easy thing to do, and we've seen this um, in all aspects of society, but when a narrative gets out there and it becomes widely accepted as fact, it becomes increasingly difficult to challenge that narrative. You mean like vaccines work? Yeah, or like the lab leak theory that now is like plausible, right? Like, right. oh, maybe the, maybe it did come from a lab, you know? Uh -huh. um, it becomes increasingly difficult to challenge those. Um, and I've also always believed that if I just don't say anything, or if we just don't say anything about it, then we're basically evacuating the informational battle space and letting anybody say what they want to and let this narrative continue to, to perpetuate and grow and without any pushback. So mm -hmm. that's, it's, and I know it sounds awfully uh, arrogant of me to think that I'm having any type of impact, but you know, 
little so bit of humor here and there. It's I actually discovered your page when I had I have a backup page that has almost ten thousand followers, but I realized I was getting shadow banned and they were flagging my content and I was like, they're gonna they're gonna ban me at some point for nothing. And they did. Yeah. And um so that page was gone. And then like in your recommended thing, whatever, Angry Bell Hunter popped up. And so I clicked on your account and that's how, that's how I found you and started messaging. Well, I looked at your content and was like, oh yeah, this is my kind of guy. Uh, whoever is behind it, you know? Like, yeah. um, and I think there is a big problem with coming from Texas, like where we all own ARs, whether that's for home defense or hog hunting, whatever it is, dude, that's our culture. That's, that's what we do. We yeah. shoot guns. Um, there are people out west that just like think that that is so foreign like and that surprises me because you can own an ar in most of the states where these people are from yep it's really weird and um they're like oh i'm, a, I'm my favorite phrase that i like to make fun of is i'm a hunter but <laughs> or yeah. I, prom- I i i'm pro second amendment but no that's where the conversation begins and then there's no but exactly you are trying to Add more restrictions on our on on hunters, or if you're trying to add more restrictions on gun ownership, you're not pro anything. You're on the other side of the fence for me, man. There's no gray area. You either are or you aren't, and you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to own an AR, and you don't have to shoot a deer at a feeder. You don't have to do that. That's totally up to you. Like, I love whitetail hunting in Texas. My favorite thing to do is to go west for a week every year and it's like my 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 church and i and go chase elk and sometimes i'm successful and sometimes i'm not but it's yeah. my favorite thing right so i don't know i see both sides of it but at the end of the day you're either for us or against us and there's there's really no middle ground in and the social media has a lot to do with it um but which side of the fence are you on and uh, and like you've said about that ike eastman uh conversation you got to support the companies that aren't afraid to say it's not cutting time as a community. Yeah. You know, we are, we are, we are under attack. Like we've never been before. They are coming at us from all angles in every state, you know, whether it's predator hunting or trapping or whatever, dude, it's, it's a relentless, they are relentless. And if we don't have a united front, we, we will fail. Absolutely. There's the, like, we can have disagreements on whether or not we want to shoot turkeys with a bow or a shotgun and, right. and play around and that type of thing. But there's just some certain lines um, that, that are drawn and you can't cross them. Right. And can't is a strong word because we see these companies crossing that line all the time and trying to play both sides. And, you know, like when I listen to your podcast and get familiar with kind of where you're coming from and where you stand on these issues. And then I hear you say, you know, presented by Mossberg. Well, it makes me think highly of Mossberg as a company, right? Everybody has a 500. It is what it is. Uh But it makes me think highly of Mossberg. When I see a different company or brand, right? Maybe somebody that's in the 99th percentile of uh, documentaries on Netflix, it's really popular, right? And they're kind of wishy-washy on some of this stuff, especially some of the people they employ, it makes me think lesser of the brands that support them, right? And whether that's fair or not, it's just if you're on that side of the fence where the Second Amendment is what it is and it's not up for debate, it's not up for question. And what worries me is that 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 sentiment that we're having right now is not getting out to enough people 
to where they're like the light bulbs clicking on and they're like you know yeah oh wait these these folks really aren't in my yeah there's no doubt about that and i mean i i've not so i I never really drank the bha kool-aid like i stuck my toe in it i went to boise my my buddy who since recused any affiliation with them He's like, come on, you gotta, you gotta come, you gotta check out this organization. And I've done multiple interviews with Land over the years, and I think Land's a nice human being. He likes hunting. Uh, not my cup of tea, man. It's, um, it, 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 when you have a guy in Ryan Bussey, who is the chairman of your board for three or four years, and then he writes that book, Gunfight, which vilifies the firearm industry which he worked in and made a lot of money for 20 years as yep. Kimber's VP of sales. Yeah. And he writes that smear thing, that smear piece on the firearm industry and calls us racist, radicalist. Where there's smoke, there's fire. If that's who you're choosing as your leadership, that's all I need to know about your organization. Forget the fact that land worked for the, for Obama as a it raised funds for the Obama campaign. Forget that. Yeah. So this is your guy, your chairman of your board. And he's as anti second amendment, a piece of crap, as there is on the planet. I mean, I should tell you all you need to know about BHA. And what have they ever really done other than drink beers and take credit for first things that they didn't really do? Oh, they make college kids pick up trash. Oh, great. So (laughs) they're environmentalists. That doesn't make college kids are going to do that anyway. And then they champion Deb Howland who won't commit to a no net loss hunting protocol. I mean, like, when when Biden appointed her or said this is my nominee for Secretary of the Interior, it wasn't lost on me. This lady has a history. She votes for anti-trapping legislation in her home state of New Mexico. Now she's going to oversee the entire fifty states. Come on, yeah. And they're like, this is a good choice. No, it is not a good choice. It's horrible. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. That uh, where there's smoke, there's fire is where, where I'll leave that deal. Be very wary of organizations like that. Yeah, and, and it, probably one of the most worrisome parts of our culture now is that people don't follow that smoke, right? They don't follow the money and just peel one extra layer back to figure out, hey, where does this where does this person or where does this group really stand? Where does this business really stand on these issues, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and I'll be honest, I have other sponsors that are involved with BHA, uh, but I don't feel like the passion that was there five years ago for those relationships is there now, especially if you're like in the gun uh, manufacturing or, you know, if if you have anything to do with the second amendment and here's Ryan Bussey in his book, like, like how can you not connect the dots? And I think those companies are being like, Oh, and you, and you start seeing the comments on, on social media, like half of, if you look at BHA's stuff, it's like half of the people are like, yeah, you guys are frauds. Yeah. 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 Well, you take, um, you know, Vortex has a, a, a wide ranging scope of folks that they sponsor or promote or whatever, right? I got four or five Vortex scopes in this house. All right. Um, there's one piece of it where you have to say this company has a right to make money, right? And the people that work for Vortex go home and they have families and they have mortgages. Right. So, mm-hmm. and they make a good product that I like to use. So you, you put that in one compartment. Mm-hmm. What would have to happen is for enough folks to say, and I don't want to put Vortex out on the spot here. I just see the sign behind you and they're, they're right. big. Right. 
Yeah. Um, this yeah, could apply to any time. And, and yeah, it's a great, yeah. and they've, a great and Vortex has done great, great. Shit, right. So I'm not putting them, I'm not singling them out or saying anything negative, but what it would take is enough of uh, folks to understand, you know, maybe where you and I are coming from on this 2A stuff and really be a, maybe a little bit more vocal. And I don't know, not in that. I don't want to see anybody. No, no, dude, I think you're on the right path there because there's so many people with more influence than you or I. And I've been in this game 15 years full time, like this is my life, but there's more people with bigger audiences who won't touch the second amendment, man. Like, and it pisses yeah. me off. Like where, when the S hits the fan, where are you? Oh, I'm just going to, I'm writing it out on the sidelines. To me, that's BS. Yeah. Like that's why love him or hate him. Ted Nugent and Tim Wells and people like that. Those are for, you know, originally when I got in this industry, I was like, those are my guys. And yeah. I was like, oh, these guys are a little, they're, they're real hardcore, maybe a little too far out there. And then you get older and you, and you, and you kind of examine things from a different lens and you're like, no, at the end of the day, yes, they're, they're uh, outspoken, maybe to a fault, but, but they're telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe Uncle Ted's a little bit crazy. All right. right. But it, at least, he's standing up for what he believes in and he's not willing to make a single yeah he's not he's not going to make a single concession he's like no this is where the line is and we're not crossing the line that's just how it is you know and so i think i think that 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 distinction has to be made and more people have to really step up to the plate and um, i wish more people would be upfront honest about where they really sit you know or which side of the fence they're sitting on 100% 100% agree. And, you know, if you're on our side of the fence, be proud and say so. If you're on the other side of the fence, which, unfortunately, I think some of these people are, well, you can't really say that because you're going to alienate all the hunters out there who are pro-Second Amendment and who do understand that conservation is funded by guns and ammunition sales, by and large. Uh, so it's an, it's an interesting conundrum and, uh, and that's why oh, it's so important to talk about it. And something else that's important to discuss is hunter recruitment. We're going to tackle that next with the Angry Bow Hunter. That segment brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. Land's the one thing they're not making any more of, but we all want it. If you're ready to take that plunge, make that dream your reality, whether that's for hunting, fishing, recreating, running cattle, or just to get the hell out of the big city, let Lone Star Ag Credit help you. They've been doing it for over 100 years, and you can find them at LoneStarAgCredit.com. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Hey guys, Cable here, and last year was a wild year for censorship. It's only continuing in 2022 uh, for us hunters and anglers. So I've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women, by hunters and anglers just like you. It's a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged. Imagine that. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. 
As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so many more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you get 10 bucks to the store just for trying it out. Visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started, and I'll see you over there. Cable here, and if you're like me, you probably enjoy bold flavors and cuisines. And nobody does Cajun and Creole better than Chris's Specialty Foods in Frisco. Their forte includes specialty sausages, boudins, and andouille, pre-cooked soups, gumbos, and sides, where all you have to do is heat it up. What about high-quality steaks, smoked and fried turkeys, turduckins, and turduckin rolls for the holidays, plus gift boxes. Storefront conveniently located off Dallas Parkway in Frisco, or shop online at chrisspecialtyfoods.com and have it delivered to your door. Hey, all this is Granger Smith. Thanks for listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. I am the midnight. I'm the lonely heart. Home of the surgeon souls. I am the whiskey sip you drink instead of going home. I'm when the lovers rock. I'm when the dreamers play. I am a little bit of hope. Here's a little Granger Smith bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. That one by request by Boobin. That's what he goes by on uh, social media. But Bobby Lockett, with a name like Boudin, I kind of think he's from Louisiana, right? I mean, that's uh, a Cajun-inspired offering. Uh, some of the best sausage you'll ever have, though. Boudin, man, it's tough to beat. And they make it with all kinds of stuff. Uh, venison, alligator, uh, it's basically just rice and spices and, and meat. Who doesn't like that? <laughs> uh, but there you go, Bobby. I'm Cable Smith. You're tuned in to SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Thanks for being here as we are still visiting with the angry bow hunter. And uh, lots more to get into on that front first, though. This segment brought to you by SCI, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. Whether it's in North America or internationally, SCI is out there fighting for your rights every day, protecting what you and I value as hunters, trappers, anglers, and sportsmen and women. If you'd like to become a member, and I highly suggest that you do, um, head over to safariclub.org. We'd love to have you. Um, okay, well, let's pick it back up with JB, a.k.a. the Angry Bowhunter. I, I don't. I wonder if because of, of social media and Netflix and some of the influencers that are out there these days, if it's attracted a demographic that doesn't understand the value of the second amendment. And so maybe it's not fair to, uh, to put those people's feet to the flame, so to speak. Maybe they're, they're a new hunter. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they've never owned a gun and they're like, Oh, uh, well, you know, I see this guy out here, uh, hunting elk in Montana with a bow. I'd, I'd like to kill my own meat and possibly try that. And, and now they're a hunter because they bought a bow. They don't own yeah. any guns. Well, at the end of the day, is Cable glad that they bought a hunting license? Yes, I am. But I, I think the messaging from the people that are influencing them is probably where the fault lies. No, and that's probably the thing that keeps me up the most at night and has flames coming out of my ears. Because if you, it's very obvious, right? With, let's just go after, uh, not go after, but let's just use Meat Eater as an example, right? Meat Eater is in the 99th percentile of Netflix documentaries. That means out of 100 documentaries out there, only one's being viewed more than Meat Eater is. 
they are very obviously targeting the the non-hunting community or the indifferent hunting community, right? The hunting curious folks, right? There are articles online about them um, reaching Brooklyn locavores, right? The locavores, I want to have a connection to my food, know where it came from. Um, and these folks are coming into the woods. We, we want more hunters. Do we though? I, <laughs> we want more of the right kind of hunter. And that doesn't mean like that person looks a certain way or uh, is from a certain part of the country. It means when that hunter comes into the fold, they're not just going to go back to their friends and say, oh, no, I'm not like those other hunters. You know, um, I would never kill a wolf. No, I want them to be pro wolf, right? right? Uh, Pro wolf hunting, pro uh, bear hunting, right? Pro trapping, pro fishing, everything. Okay. And understand the reasons why that's important was going on a, a trap line trip to British Columbia. And the whole purpose was I wanted to get a wolf. And I, I looked at all the outfitters in the lower 48 and, you know, you're limited to Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, and success rates were 20%. Some of them are like 20%. You even see a wolf on these guys in BC at, uh, at a trade show. They're like, yeah, 70%. We catch a wolf. I was like, you're my guys. And, uh, Caught a wolf, caught three lynx, caught coyotes, uh, wolverine, martins, uh, fisher. Dude, it was one of the coolest experiences ever. But yeah, that's awesome. I'm 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 pro hunting, but I'm also pro wolf. <laughs> Get out of yeah. here. But when you listen, like, so they had Mediator or uh, Stephen Ellen Mediator Group. They had Ted Nugent on the podcast on a recent episode, and, mm-hmm. and Ted Nugent brought up a lot of that stuff. Like, you've got to be pro everything, right? And uh, you know talking about the whack and stack them, right? All that kind of stuff. And Steve was against it, that, that terminology, because he's like, well, I just don't know that that's the right message. We got to, you know, make our message. Um, what do you say? He said, our, our message needs to be, um, you know, more, I don't know, I'm going to rephrase it, but more acceptable to more ears, right? More people need to be able to hear it and have it be a little bit more appropriate, right? And Ted was, you know, pushed back against it. But, but that's the reality, right? It, if we're going to go down this road of we need more hunters at any cost because we got to preserve our way of life. Otherwise our way of life is that, which again, I don't necessarily subscribe to, but um, if we need more hunters at any cost, if you're just going to bring in the Brooklyn locavore hipster and keep this soft message of, yeah, we're just going to hang out in the woods and bring home a, a deer and take care of it and make, you know, Asabuco with it. That doesn't fully encapsulate all the issues <laughs> that we need to care about. Right. Um, right. And these people by and large are, uh, if you look at their, and it's companies too. And this pisses me off also because companies, big companies are just as guilty. Like where's the grip and grin on the tailgate photo of what happens at a Texas deer camp every weekend with three generations of a family sitting right there, all smiling. No, no. Now it's me. And this, the lighting has to be perfect. And you don't even see the hunter's face. It's just kind of looking off into the, looking at the rack and there's a nice picturesque background and you got to pet the animal. You got to thank it. Cry. Is he going to cry because he shot it? Does he feel so bad? No, I'm I've cried one time after I shot an elk and it was because I was physically and emotionally drained. Not because I felt bad for shooting the elk. I was high, high as a kite, the adrenaline rush, like, there's just a few little tears, you know, and it was just because of a, it was the experience, you know, it was just like an overwhelming thing, put so much blood, sweat and tears into that hunt. Um, but 
that was a fleeting feeling that lasted like 30 seconds. And then it was me and my buddy high-fiving, slapping each other on the ass. Let's get this thing quartered up so we can get it off the mountain and drink some beer. You know, like, yeah. am I grateful? Absolutely. I'm, I know that, like, for me personally, like, yeah, this animal died. Thank you, Lord, for, for giving me the opportunity to take it. Right. That lasts about 30 seconds. That's not true because every time we eat a meal and I share that experience, I'm grateful for that experience. I'm grateful for the next level experience sharing that with friends and family. But dude, I'm happy as hell when I shoot an animal. Like that's what I'm there to do. So oh, yeah. when it's success actually happens, which isn't every time, I mean like high fives, yes, hugs. This is what we are out here as masculine men doing and women. There's more women hunters today and we love all the women hunters too. Um, and I hope they're slapping each other on the ass too. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah but I shot my bullet 10 yards this last year, a frontal shot bull, you know, oh. 10 yards. He went down in like 10 steps. I came out of the woods, like out of that timber patch, high stepping like Deion Sanders, you know, Yes. <laughs> like, I'm prime time, baby. <laughs> you know? um, but yeah, like, and, and that's like another that's distinction. The message too. They put out there, dude, it's the somber. No. Oh, Oh, so maybe we maybe we even feel bad that we shot it. Yeah. I don't feel bad. Yeah. I don't know. Especially bad. if it's a mature male of the species. I'm like, hmm, you know, matched wits with the best of them, and I won. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. Who's the boss now? It's me. You know. And I'm the apex predator, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's, but it's supposed to be fun, and, um, and that's another – that's people, another, some people that listen to this and be like, these guys are jerks, but the reality, this is reality. Like this is real talk. And no, I'm not going to apologize for it. No, because if, if you think we're jerks, here's the reality, right? Hunting isn't just about putting meat on the, on the table. It's not just about having fun with your buddies. Hunting is necessary. Hunting is necessary for conservation. Mm -hmm. We're the ones doing the job. Have you ever gone to like, you're, you know, you've fished a lot, right? Oh, yeah. Have you ever gone over to your buddy's house and cleaned his boat if he didn't take you fishing? No. No. Right? No, so would... why would somebody that doesn't hunt really get, like, the anti-hunting community, is they're ignorant and emotionally driven. They don't, like, the science isn't there. Right. Hunting's necessary. So if you think we're assholes, like, no, we're, we're the ones that actually care. We're the ones that pick up, right, the beer can that's on the side of the road if we see it out there. And put it in the backpack you know we're the ones that pay for the tags and pay for the conservation stamp do all this type of stuff and volunteer to go trap turkeys and release them somewhere else so that we have another flock in another part of the, the state and and that part just gets lost so you can't do yeah. that from your from your cuba cubicle in the big city oh, i can't is, believe you shot bambi oh my gosh which is where <laughs> most anti-hunting legislation stems from is in major democratic led cities yeah, that I've never LA, seen. San Francisco, Boulder, Denver, Seattle, Portland, New York City. I mean, it, yep. the list is endless, right? Austin, Texas. It's these are the places where this yep. kind of uh, ideology is very common and pretty much accepted by the majority of the population that live in those urban environments, and they have no skin in the game. They don't, dude. I probably spend more time bird watching when I'm deer hunting than doing anything else. Like, oh, cool. There's a you know, a pair of cardinals at the feeder or whatever it is. And I, yeah. I eat it up. It doesn't matter to me. Just being in nature and experiencing it, there's nobody that loves wildlife more than a hunter. That's why yeah. we do it. Yep, absolutely. Is you know. the kill 
is actually one less than one percent of the time invested in in the experience like that that's it's anticlimactic when you talk about the overall experience the kill is like boom there it is it's done yep this the rest of the journey is all those little things it's like taking in nature and and i can't imagine living in any other way so when you talk about these hipsters that are now being welcomed into the fold you know i listening to Matt's comments and him and Steve arguing on that podcast was kind of eye opening from where two brothers who were raised the same way have totally different perspectives on that as far as hunter yeah. recruitment is concerned. Yeah. The, the thing with hunter recruitment is I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume you're a state's rights guy, right? Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, our state's 98% privately owned. That's why I have to come out to you guys to hunt elk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and that's another funny thing when, like, when conservatism meets public land and how to manage that. It's just like there's a whole lot of uh, nuance there. But w particularly with, with R3, Define depending R3 on what... For the, for the listener that doesn't know what that is. Yeah, recruiting, retaining, and reactivating. So recruit new hunters, keep the hunters we have, um, bring hunters back in that have given it up. So when we're talking about R3, um, the, a lot of folks that, that are heavy on, they're, they're heavy pro R3. Right? Um, they're relying on a U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service survey that was conducted uh, like prior to 2016. They do that every five years. So there should be a new one coming back out. As said, we are at like 11 and a half million hunters and we're losing hunters at a rapid rate. Um, even though if you listen to, or if you read Matt Ranello's article, he kind of points out that like licensed tag holders were down, but tags sold were up. And it, it's like some of the data is confusing. If you look at the Outdoor Foundation, they tell us we had 15 million hunters in 2020 and 15.1 million hunters in 2006, and it's been relatively constant. And then the counter to that data point, of course, is both we had 15 million in 2006 or whatever, we should have way more now because of population growth. But the question that I always ask is, how many more hunters do you think we can support? Right? Because um, yeah, well, I go out and I, I see that, right? Both ways, like more population, less habitat. Right. Okay. What's going on in Texas right now? Are you getting more habitat in Texas or is it being yeah, sold for development? It's being developed. All the damn Californians keep moving and we're losing habitat. Right. Is it when you were a kid, was it easier to get on private land to hunt or is it easier now? It was easier then. Right. For sure. Like it, here in Wyoming, same deal. It was easier to get on private land five years ago when I got out here than it is now. Okay. And we're losing habitat and mule deer numbers are down. So we have less opportunities now than we did 20, 30 years ago. Right. And then um, this is like where my brain, have you ever seen that always sunny in Philadelphia thing where like Charlie's got the whiteboard and all the lines oh, and he's yeah. got the conspiracy theory? Yeah. Like that meme. This is where I start going crazy because I'm like, well, then they would counter that by saying there were a million hunters in Michigan, right? In the 90s, in the early 90s, but now they only have like 600,000. So they've lost a ton of hunters. But then nobody that was around in, in Michigan in the late 80s, early 90s would ever want to go back to a point in time where there were a million hunters out there because there was no deer. Like It was like the Battle of Gettysburg. What are you going to do? So when I, it's around, it's down, baby. Yeah, exactly. So when I look at R3, I'm thinking to myself, I go out every year and the trailheads are more and more crowded. The area where I elk hunt is an archery only area. 100% draw odds the first two years drop down to 60% draw odds. The next year, 
draw odds last year. Vehicles everywhere. I don't even want to talk about Colorado over the counter elk tags. Good luck, dude. Like I won't do it, dude. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm it's last resort for everybody. Right. There's a reason why. Yeah, and everyone's right. there for the last resort. Yeah. But if you're out there in that area, are you going to sit to yourself and think, Oh, you know what? Maybe we are losing a lot of hunters. Mm-hmm. So if Michigan is really concerned with how many hunters they're losing, that seems like an issue that should be addressed at the state level. I don't know that this nationwide campaign to implement R3 everywhere is really going to benefit everybody equally. Because mm-hmm. it's, I'm telling you right now, it's, it's really screwing over the Mountain West, I believe, right? And I'm just a selfish asshole, right? Like I like a little bit of peace and quiet in the woods. Yeah. And, and if, if we're not really losing hunters at the rate that I, that, that they tell us we're losing them, which is what I believe, um, then how many more hunters do we need? And if the argument is we need more hunters to preserve our way of life, well then tell me exactly how many more, more hunters we need. If it's not 11.5 or if it's not 15 million, how many hunters do we need exactly before we don't have to worry about the anti-hunting community? There's, there's no, it doesn't matter how many hunters we have. We will yeah. always have to worry about the it, Exactly. So it, it's weird because I, I've kind of, I'm not a fence sitter, but I don't know the answer to this. Like if the casual hunter is better than them just being on the other side of the fence, like anti hunter, well, let's say maybe right. casual hunters better, but if they're not invested and they don't really have skin in the game, maybe it isn't. So I don't know. I don't know yeah. the answer. You're clearly on one side of the fence. Meat eaters on the other side of the fence. I'm somewhere in the middle. I don't know what the answer is like, but I will tell you this as a Texan, like the, you know what the number one question I get from people is, can you help me find a deer lease? Where do you, how do I find a deer lease? Yeah. I've been doing this 15 years. We've got a few of them 10 years ago. Got more five years ago. It is nonstop. How do you find a deer lease now? I mean, and, yeah. and, and that makes me think, oh, well, there's the uh, supply is not meeting the demand on, on yeah. deer leases. We don't or, have. Certainly it makes the cost go up, right? Yeah. And you're talking about Texas where it's like, South Texas, North Central Texas, Whitetail Haven, right? Right. But you're still having problems. The Whitetail or the, the mule deer numbers in Wyoming are dismal, right? It's hard to get. We don't have the opportunity. We don't have like, – elk is kind of growing because they're a little bit bigger, and there's some – I've talked to a lot of biologists, and everybody has a different opinion. But they're pretty largely, they're bigger. They win the, the competition of resources, right? Mm-hmm. So it, the first thing to get displaced is going to be a deer because the elk is bigger. So, but the elk are, are growing and there was a concerted effort to, to grow the elk population. Um, we, we just don't have the opportunities out West that there were 20, 30 years ago. So, and, and this is the thing, like I'm not, where Matt, uh, Matt Rennell is on one side of the fence and Steve's on the other, Matt's out on the back 40, you know, I'm up closer to the house, like next to the grill. Like I'm on his side of the fence, but I'm not, way back there because there's you're, nuance you're, that's right, a great right point there. because matt is at the far end of the the spectrum like okay yeah not everyone can just have a, a sibling well and that's another thing that 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 steve benefits from fishing and hunting in alaska like because he has a sibling that lives there yeah like you i, I can't go hunt in alaska unless if i want to shoot a doll sheep oh, all right yeah where's your thirty thousand dollars you know yeah. for, for them it's like well what does your tag cost you're going with the resident of alaska that's your your blood yeah Fine. And I don't begrudge anybody for taking advantage of any oh opportunity God. that they I'm have. Jealous. I'm not yeah, exactly. Oh, man, I wish I had, wish my brother lived in Alaska. Exactly. Yeah. I made the decision, you know, 
to sell cars and then join the Marines. And I have the money that I have, you know, <laughs> like that's where I'm at in life. I don't, I don't you know, I can't I go hunt. pursue a career in radio. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you, you do have, uh, you do have the radio voice, man. So, yeah, well, somebody, some people say I have a face for radio too. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but I, was, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of nuance within all of this stuff. And the problem is, and my main point here, is, is when you're getting everything from the most popular Netflix or YouTube or whatever it is, channels, podcasts, you name it, that it, it's all one way and you lose that nuance. You lose that ability to question and, and talk about maybe some of the potential side effects or, or consequences of, the, of these decisions. Um, and so if I can highlight a little bit of that, that nuance along the way, then you know, I'm doing, doing my job. Well, it's certainly a difficult conversation to engage in and, and one that makes people uncomfortable. If it wasn't, then Steve wouldn't have been telling or almost yelling at his brother, hey, it's my show. You're done. We're not talking about it anymore. Yeah. And Matt's just saying, hey, dude, you know, your influence and, and people like you is responsible for bringing the wrong type of hunter into the fold. So, oh, man, interesting stuff. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get into the optics of individuals, organizations, even companies supporting the wrong kind of elected official and possible consequences associated with those stances. That segment was brought to you by Vortex Optics, an organization that I don't have to worry about politically. Like They're pro-Second Amendment 100% of the time. They also make the best optics on the planet and have that VIP lifetime transferable warranty on any optic. You break it, you sell it to your buddy, he breaks it, doesn't matter. Send it to Vortex, they're going to fix it. Who does that? It's insane, right? And I've had to use it before too, a couple times, uh, because I've dropped stuff off the side of a cliff. Uh, anyway, check it out. It's the VIP, Lifetime Transferable Warranty, available only from Vortex Optics. We'll be right back with more on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Search for a dime, only found a penny. Scratch them off. I never was good at winning. Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Let's face it, guys. We all would love to own land, right? But they're not making any more of it. However, there's a solution. Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. Whether you want it for recreating, ranching, fishing, hunting, or just to get the hell out of Dodge for the weekend. Visit Lone Star Ag Credit today to start making that dream a reality. Hi, this is professional bass angler Kelly Jordan, and if I'm not on the lake or in the deer stand, there's a good chance I'll be listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. My Nashville friends they think I'm strange to make my home out on the range. They think it's nothing but a God-forsaken land. Why don't you bring your guitar and family and move on down to Tennessee? Well, I just Cable Smith, welcome everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Little Chris Ledoux, Western Skies. 
That one's for our buddy, the angry bow hunter here, as he's joining us from Wyoming, a place that I'll be elk hunting for the first time next fall. Excited about that. Um, this segment of the show brought to you by Big and J Whitetail Attractants. I love the BB squared. I let the kids put it out. Then, Dad, let me see your cell phone. Dad, let me see your cell phone. Why? I want to see what deer are at the Big and J. Oh, geez. Okay. Who can complain about that, right? Not this guy. The Big and J brings in the big bucks. It's just a fact. I've got too many photos and videos to prove just that. You can find their entire lineup of Whitetail Attractants at Big and J. Com. And with that being said, let's wrap up this conversation with JB, the angry bow hunter. And JB, you know, I just uh, got off the phone here a little bit ago with Brian Lynn, VP of Marketing for Sportsman's Alliance. Great organization. Are you aware that the Biden administration is negotiating right now with the Center for Biological Diversity? They sued huh. in 2020. They sued the Trump administration because what did Trump do? He opened up more federal hunting land to you and I. More yeah, I've, I've loosely followed. Yeah, loosely followed the okay. story. Yeah. So they sued Trump. Biden, every president since uh, Clinton has done the same thing, opened up more hunting land, federal hunting land. They have Every president has done it. Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump, Biden. Trump's the only one that's gotten sued by the Center for Biological Diversity. Why is that? Well, it's because of the Trump derangement syndrome. Love Trump, hate him, whatever. None of the other guys got sued, right? But here's the problem. Now you have Biden, and his administration is is negotiating behind closed doors with these terrorists, Center for Biological Diversity, on our rights as hunters. Like, what are they talking about? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Probably about lead shot and predators are the main things that are like, you know, that's not a good, that's not a good thing. And so when I see people that work for the organizations that we've been talking about saying, vote for Biden, vote for Biden. Well, okay. Well, this is what he's doing right now. We already know he's anti-gun. And just like two weeks ago when the Sacramento shooting happened said, yeah, we need a assault weapon ban and ban high capacity magazines. Like you and I were talking about off the air, what funds conservation in this country a lot of it's ammunition sales through Pittman-Robertson uh, excise tax. You and I are in a bubble as hunters where we think like, okay, 300 Win Mag is a real popular ammunition choice. It ain't. It's no. 223. It's 9 millimeter. <laughs> it's 45. You yeah. know, that's what most people are buying. And when you say you want to have a, you want you want to champion a, a, a guy who wants to take away ARs and high capacity magazines. And you're talking about two, two, three, and nine millimeter ammunition. You're you're anti, not only Second Amendment, but you're anti conservation because that's what's funding across the country a lot of conservation, state and national yeah. level. Like, I, I just don't get it. Um, and Ben O'Brien is one of the people who said on his podcast, "Vote for Biden." You know where Ben O'Brien now works? He left me. He's a take a yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He works for BHA. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah he's he's the uh what he's like the VP or something like that. He's it's or he's a board member. Too. He's, he's a, he has a seat on the board. Connect right? the dots, right? It's so simple. Yeah. It's so easy to see, but yet no, everyone's snow blind to the whole deal. Just folks listening to this, if you don't know what the hell we're talking about, just peel back one layer of the onion. Just start just start unraveling one little thread and follow it till the end, and a lot of things will become very clear to you. Yeah, and I, even Ben O'Brien went on the Joe Rogan podcast, and I was like, oh, 
why Joe Rogan even had him on is beyond me. But it's just a, it's it's like this incestuous collective of folks that are all buddy buddy and he knows this guy and that guy knows this guy and you got to have this guy a really interesting point because yeah. on my other podcast we praise joe rogan nonstop because he is his platform is so big and he's one of the few people that is willing to say hmm, maybe things aren't what they appear he's yeah. also on the uh, as a hunter like very new to the deal yeah he goes and shoots elk that are I I'm, I think he's done some Alaska stuff. Great. When him and Cam Haynes go shoot an elk in Idaho at a, at a ranch, dude, these guys have picked those elk out and said, we know where this bull is. Go shoot him. And yeah. they're not, they're, they are not doing the backcountry hunt that you and I are. Cam Haynes has paid his dues. I know that he has, yep. you know, he, he has. But that ain't what he's doing anymore. And that sure shit isn't what Joe Rogan is doing. And so their perspective, and it, it's – it's not the true back, diehard backcountry hunter, um, the true Western hunter. The- but Cable, don't you know that when an elk has never seen a human before, they act more natural and it's a better hunt? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, and he's got the, the biggest, I would so, not so want to see. Let me, let me put it, let me put this yeah. to you in this phrase. Joe Rogan's a hunter. Is that a good or a bad thing? And because it ties perfectly into our conversation of hunter recruitment. Like if Joe Rogan's doing it and he has the biggest podcast in the world. This is my selfish, this is my selfish asshole hat. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm wearing my selfish asshole hat. Bad thing, right? Because he's got the biggest platform in the world and he's sending a bunch of hammerers into my trail. <laughs> right. Or my buddy's trailhead or the people in Colorado's trailhead or the people in Idaho's trailhead. Right. That think that they can just whiz up the trailhead and blow out elk off every ridge and if they just keep walking far enough they're going to get one right because keep hammering i just what i would want joe rogan to do is to just be honest about where he's hunting and what it's really like right and the, like and again as you said cam haynes has done the damn thing right got all this all the respect in the world for what he did to get to where he is now but stop going on a random podcast and telling people the only reason you run marathons is so that, so that you can go out and elk hunt in the fall. Because I know damn well you're getting off a side-by-side and the guide's like, yeah, you go right and shoot that elk right over there yep, and we'll go pick him up for you. So like, he's I, not, I he doesn't to have a to cameraman do that. that went on one of his Under Armour shoots yeah, and Cam shot the elk and they took a bunch of video and photography of him cooking, uh, I think it was a backstrap, with his tent set up by the stream, you know, the cameraman told me that they then packed up the tent and walked 200 yards to the lodge right up the hill where they get yeah, to the multi-million dollar lodge. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, where it's him and Dudley. And, yeah. He's cam so petty that he, he, uh, oh God, we're talking about a lot of stuff that I've never put out on the air publicly, but I don't care. It's not <laughs> you shouldn't have brought me on. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I brought you on for a reason. Uh, people need to hear the truth. Cam blocked me from his instagram page whenever under armor cut ties with josh bomar for spearing the black bear now the bomars have their own set of legal problems but at the time just he legally speared a bear he threw a javelin in college whatever practiced yeah. for it killed the bear didn't go didn't go 20 um and <laughs> under armor kicked him off their pro staff yep and i had a problem with that and i said so publicly and then campaigns just free he blocked me because of of uh what i said about under armor is just like that's 
that told me all I need to know about that guy. And I, you know, Cam loves some Cam. Dude, Cam, again, all the respect in the world for what he had to do to get to where he is. Uh-huh. And I didn't run any 80 mile marathon either. So kudos them for that. Yeah. But, yeah. Good on you, man. You know, I like going to the gym a few times a week, making yeah. sure I'm not getting small. But I can't run, at, you know, damn from here to the damn mailbox. You know what I mean? Without getting a little winded. Yeah. I can still hike and do all this stuff. It's not a requisite or a prerequisite for elk hunting. You don't have to run a marathon to go elk hunting. You have to be able to carry a pack into the backcountry. You don't have to spend 10 days back there on a backpack hunt either. What are you drinking? Uh, four roses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, bullet. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. The, the yeah. rye or the regular? I go rye one out of every five times. Uh, this okay. is the regular. Nice. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not anti rye, but I'm, I'm more of the traditional. I need one rye every like five or six bottles to remind me why I like the regular stuff. <laughs> you still, so, still haven't learned. Yeah, still haven't learned. <laughs> Slow still. learners. Yeah. yeah. Right on. All right, JB. Well, hey, I, I've certainly enjoyed the conversation. I think this is about as candid and real a conversation as can be had uh, about these things that obviously are, are, are very important to both of us and should be important to every hunter out there, no matter which side of the fence you fall on. And, um, if you're a new hunter, by all means, I hope that you keep hunting. You're already here. I just hope you hear what we're saying. And that, like you said, peel back that onion a little bit, support the brands, uh, like, like Vortex who, dude, I, I have never heard Vortex say one thing other than we are pro America. We are pro gun. Yeah, uh, like unlike uh, Zeiss, who I'm sure you saw the stuff about them. Oh like, God, pro staff Zeiss optics. Oh, no photographs with ARs, no dead animals. You're pay- you're selling scopes for guns that are used to kill things. No, buy a vortex before you before you buy a Zeiss. That's yeah. angry bow hunter approved. Buy a yeah. vortex before you buy a Zeiss. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Please do. Um, but yeah. I, uh, I certainly enjoyed the conversation. If you want to give your uh, social media stuff, do you have Facebook or just primarily Instagram? No, I'm just on, uh, I'm on Instagram. Um, I try and do my best to, to stay active on there, but um, I don't make any money at all doing this stuff. It's just all kind of like a passion project. It's uh, at the angry bow hunter. Um, I'll give you this disclaimer. I'm probably going to say something on there that might piss you off a little bit, right? It might piss off anybody a little bit. But please know this, I'm on the side of the hunting community. I'm pro 2A. Um, hunters, uh, you know, ability to go out and do what they love to do. And so if something hits you the wrong way, don't take it personally. It's just jokes, right? At the Angry Bowhunter. And then also at theangrybowhunter.com, www.theangrybowhunter.com. If you do like some of the stuff, if you do think it's kind of funny, I've never asked anybody to, to donate or anything. Um, but there is a support our content button on there. And five bucks helps me uh, keep the domain name and <laughs> not have to use my own money to, 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 to do this stuff. So I'm not trying to get rich, but that's where right you can on, find me. Right on. Yeah. If I had a page like yours, it would be the average bow hunter. Uh, so you would, you would uh, frown upon my uh, bow hunting. I'm not going to say acumen because I've had success, but dedication, because like if I haven't killed the buck that I'm after, uh, when bow season ends and rifle season opens, see you later. I'm picking up the rifle now. So don't judge oh, me. You gotta, you know, well, have me back <laughs> on sometime. We'll talk about whether or not you should prioritize the weapon over the critter. Cause I think, you know, good on you, pick up the rifle and get them. Well, to be fair, doing this for a living, 
uh, I can't be the world's most average bow hunter and, and, uh, <laughs> and still successfully have this show. So yeah, uh, I do love it. Like I'm passionate about it, but, uh, I'm, I'm just as happy to, to, uh, pick up a rifle. I will say with the caveat that, uh, taking something with a bow means more to me than taking something with a rifle. So it's, yeah. you know, in the, in the spectrum of what's a trophy, everything's a trophy, right? You, you put in the time and the effort and wherever it is, whether it's at a feeder in Texas, or if it's in the mountains in New Mexico, it doesn't matter. Trophies in the the, uh, the eye of the beholder, but one that I've taken with the stick and string certainly is one that I'm like, oh, I'm pretty proud of that. So, it's a good time. It's a good time. Well, right on, man. I certainly appreciate the time. Uh, you have a blessed evening, and uh, I look forward to the next time that we cross paths because uh, I think we're we're cut from the same cloth, and uh, there's no doubt we'll do this again. Yep, absolutely, man. You take care. Yeah. And thanks for your service again. Yeah, thank you much. So there you have it, the angry bow hunter, and obviously we taped that in the evening. Uh, both of us drinking bourbon makes me like him even more. He knows a good bourbon, uh, but you never know when you invite someone like that on the show that you don't really know from Adam uh, how the conversation's going to go, whether it's going to be fifteen minutes, a half hour, or the entire show. But uh, obviously, I was enjoying that, and I think that was a a very honest and real discussion. Things that should be thought-provoking at the very least. Um, and I'm not telling you where you have to, to stand on things, but these conversations are important, and I don't think enough people are having them. So anyway, that segment was brought to you by NUMA Outdoors. Check out the Renegade Top and Pursuit Pant if you haven't already. It's what I've been living in this turkey season. Uh, again, I'm hunting in South Texas, though, where it's 85, 90 degrees, uh, not up in the Northwest where temperatures have been in the twenties for most of Turkey season. God bless you guys. Sounds terrible. Uh, but yeah, check out the renegade top and the pursuit pants. They are rugged, breathable, and NUMA offers a lifetime warranty on all of their outdoor apparel and uh, plus 20% off with that promo code Lone Star 20. Unfortunately, we got to go. Got to get out of here flat out of time for today. Thanks to our guest, the Angry Bow Hunter. Thanks to you guys and gals for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great weekend in the outdoors. I got a party